God's word that we'll take some time this morning to consider is the, that section of Acts chapter 2, the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day that we call Pentecost. And if you uh, want to follow along with your own, in your own book there, you're certainly welcome to do so. That's on, uh, what is that page I get? forgot. Mind blank, I'm already getting old. Somebody help me out here so I don't get so old so fast. Page 883, page 883 if you want to follow along in this, uh, in this book with me. Let's hear God's word to gather this morning. Uh, we'll pray as we begin. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us. Gather us in this place and let the Holy Spirit fill this place that we might know the, the fire, the, the warmth, the, the beauty, the power that you wish to bring to us today. Humble us where we need to be humbled. Lift us up then as we, as we are raised, as we are put, put down low. Strengthen us where we are weak. Weaken us where we are falsely strong, pridefully strong. Make us your people in this word. In Jesus' name, amen. So how good are you or how do you do at gathering groups of people together to get a cause done uh, and then together, you know, convicting yourselves, convincing yourselves that you should get the cause done uh, and then actually getting the work done, keeping the people together to get the work done. How good are you at that, huh? I've had my successes and failures. I think the first time that I was responsible for managing a group of people. I was a sophomore in high school and I won first chair of the baritones in the high school band. Yes, all three of us I was responsible for. Maybe there's four, I don't remember, right? But, uh, and, and you know, you wouldn't think that that's that hard, but the guy I beat out to take first chair was a senior and he was none too pleased that a sophomore was running the, uh, the baritone section, so I did not do very well at managing that group. Uh, and the next one I did was, I had Teens for Life group in high school, and that one went better. I wasn't so bad, but we were all motivated and convinced that we needed to be part of this cause, so that was a lot easier. One that was a catastrophic failure right when I got out of seminary, a little few years after, I tried to convince a group of pastors that we should get together and publish resources to help people in, in ministry, publish Bible studies, publish papers, these kinds of things, and, and write on the basis of our academic credentials. If you've talked with me, you know one of the, the difficulties, the struggles we have uh, in, our, in our synod is that we don't have a lot of good published materials that you can use for, for ministry in general. I mean, if you want to have a Bible study we, on some book of the Bible, we basically have one option. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not very much at all. So we try to get together, and, and you know what? They shot me down cold. Like, we didn't even get past the, hey, we should try this stage. Uh, the, another one that we're working on right now, it's going a little better, but it still has its problems. We're trying to put this 131 youth crew together to advance the uh, ministry for middle school and high school students in the area. And it's gone well lately because we have one new pastor who wanted to join in. But uh, we've never done very well getting people who aren't professional ministers to help out. You know, there's just not a lot of excitement from people in there. So, you know, it's, it's hard. That's the thing. Gathering groups of people, getting them excited, getting them convicted together to do a work, it's, it's hard. And I'm not always very good at that. I'm trying to get better at doing that. I know it's just hard. Today we get a great example of God making a great group this is what it looks like to bring a great group of people together. It's the event that we call Pentecost, uh, and Pentecost means, means it's the, the 50 days after Passover. So Jewish people from all over the ancient world have come together to the city of Jerusalem, and they are there to, to celebrate this thing called Pentecost. Uh, and 
they, while they're there, Peter preached a sermon. Something amazing happened. 3,000 people that day were convicted and believed and joined the, the group of Christians. Before that day, there were 120 believers. In that one day, 3,000 people were added to the number. Uh, and, and we don't know exactly when it happened, but that didn't stop anything. From there, 2,000 more people were added. Uh, and then the Christian church just e- experienced explosive growth, incredible growth, because it, it spread all across the Roman Empire. God had made a an amazing group. That's what we want to see today and how, how that can be part of our lives and our experience as well. Now, this is not a guidebook for how to make a great group, right? If you have dysfunction in your family and you want to make your family more connected, bring it together, uh, this will not give you all the steps and the tactics to bring your family together. If you are a high school student and you're trying to get your fellow high school students motivated to end hunger for high school students, this is not going to give you all the steps. Good causes. This won't get you all the steps. What this will give you is the one key element you need to have a truly great, awesome group. And so let's, let's take a look at this. Now, God starts out by, by showing that the basic skills and tactics are good, but they're, they're not enough. He says in the, in the beginning of this section, he says they were all together in one place. Right? So the people were all together in one place. It looks like they're a group, right? They're together. They're in one place. They're all doing the same thing. They look like a great group. Still, he says there's something more you can even notice about how great this group is. He says they are in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. I want you to notice just a, a couple of things in this, in this piece here, right? So these, here's how great this group is. They're in Jerusalem, right? They're in Jerusalem. So they are gathered. There's, these are people who have come to the city, the re- most religious city. They are here for a religious cause. Uh, they're, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing yoga. Yoga is good. I do yoga every now and then, but it practically breaks me. Maybe you don't want to do yoga. I don't know, right? But that's, that's not a very high cause in, in life. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a group of gamers, and you get together, and you game on Friday nights, and, and you hang out, but that's not a very high cause. The religion is the highest cause you can imagine in life. These people are in Jerusalem for a very high cause, a very important cause. Uh, on top of that, Right? They're not just in Jerusalem for a high cause. They've got great tactics that bring them together. They are God-fearing. That's a, not just a general emotional term about them. That's a technical term. It means that these are people who grew up as their own ethnicity, and then they converted to Judaism, and they came through the system to become Jews. Okay? So they were, like, they were Greek people, who then converted to Judaism, or they were Egyptian people who converted to Judaism, or they were uh, Iraqi or Iranian, or in, in those days, you know, they would have called them Syrians and Parthians, all that, who converted to Judaism. These are not ethnic Jews. And they came through the system. So they had really good tactics to build a group. It, it wasn't like they just showed up one day and they all decided that they liked each other and they wanted to work together. They had great skills, great tactics to build this group. And then on top of that, right, the last thing you probably noticed here, they have people from every nation under heaven. This is an incredibly diverse group. 
This is the most radically diverse and inclusive group that you could imagine. I spent you know, time, you probably have as well, thinking about our secular creed that we have today and how we include people of different genders, different sexes, different races, different ethnicities, different sexualities. We are expected to include all of these things. This is, this is even more diverse, isn't it, than that? I mean, this is every nation under heaven. There is an incredibly radically inclusive and diverse group gathered in Jerusalem. And still you think about this and, and you realize that's not enough. That wasn't, that wasn't good enough. Or that wasn't enough. That wasn't the greatest thing that they could be because God said this to them. He pour, says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what God did to them. You know, I've been part of some wonderful groups over time. I've been on sports teams like a lot of you have, and, and we had a great, a good, real good dynamic. We were tight. We had a lot of fun together. I've been part of musical traveling groups. You know, if you've ever been on, on, create, on music, part of music groups, they're these creative people. They're very tight. We sleep in vans together. We do weird things, you know, and, and we're so tight. We've got a great dynamic. I've, I've been part of volunteer groups that have the greatest mission on earth. Still, none of that compares. It's nothing, nothing compared to the time when we are gathered here. And we get together and we sing, How deep the Father's love for us. And and you look at one another and, and the Spirit is in this place. People are crying People are smiling. People are moved. You can see that the the Spirit has moved among us. Or or when we are hearing the amazing gospel and we are told again, uh, we're remembering again that we are forgiven and accepted and loved through Jesus, even though we're a mess and we're a wreck, you know, and and we take that to heart and it it moves in a way that no other great group can. We have a dynamic here because we have a supernatural spirit. That's what God says. If you want to be a truly great group, you need not just any old group dynamic, not just any creed, not just any tactics, not just any cause. You need a supernatural spirit. That's what makes a great group. Now you think about that. You can mess this up by saying, I just want to go through life on my own. I'm going to be by myself. I want to be private. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be with other people too much. I don't want to let anybody into my life. Or you can really mess this up by saying, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I go to church and I pray and I'm part of the crowd, right? But if, if you don't have a supernatural spirit, if your spirit is not powered by the, the supernatural spirit, and Luke would say if it's not powered by the Holy Spirit, you're still not, not a great group. But that kind of a group, that kind of a great group is, is just more wonderful than we could ever imagine. Luke says that these people they were all listening and they heard, they heard the message, uh, each one of them, in their own language. That's what Luke said. He said they heard the message in their own language. And, you, and can you imagine if you were sitting over there and you spoke Mandarin and you heard me in Mandarin and, and you over there spoke Farsi and you heard me in Farsi and over here you heard, spoke German and you heard me in German. Man, they were all so filled with the Holy Spirit that they, each one of them heard it in their own language. What an incredible gift. And I used to look at this and I thought to myself, you know, that's a nice thing. It's too bad that God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't do that anymore. Right? Wouldn't it be great if he would bring that back, if he would do that again? 
And then I realized, you know what he does? He has done it. He's doing it, it, it all the time. Christianity is the most racially and ethnically diverse group in the planet. It is by far and away the most diverse group in the entire world. The, the sociologist Rodney Stark writes that at the very beginning of Christianity, um, even if you don't use biblical numbers, historically we can see just from other his- historical documents that there were at least 1,000 Christians by 40 AD. And then by 100 AD, there were just short of 10,000 Christians. And then by the time you get to, uh, what is it, 150 AD, you get to 40,000 Christians across the Roman Empire. By 300 AD, there are about 1.2 million Christians in the Roman Empire. And by 350 AD, there's 35 million Christians in the Roman Empire. Now, if you do the, the math on the multiplication odds, it's amazing how this group spread out across the Roman Empire. It's just incredible. But that was just the beginning. Because today, the, the Christian faith is truly the most diverse group in the, in the planet. You look at other faiths like Islam, and they're mostly centered in the, the Middle East and in parts of Africa. Or you look at Buddhism and Hinduism, and they're mostly in the Far East. You take Christianity, and Christianity is almost equally divided amongst the major continents of, of the planet. There are equal numbers of people who identify as Christians in Europe and in North Af- America and in Latin America and South Saharan Africa. Over 60% of Christians now live in the South. Christianity has done what God promised here. The Pentecost spirit has poured out and it is in every place. And it's a great group. It has a truly supernatural spirit. And so friends, I want to invite you today right, to be part of this great group. This incredible group of people from all around the world. Without a doubt, God pours out the Holy Spirit when and where he pleases. You can't force yourself into this kingdom. And it is so awesome to see the amazing places where where in a supernatural way, God has poured out his spirit at a place. And people have, have jumped in, have joined in to be part of this incredible group. Like in the early 90s, there was this thing called, now we call it the Toronto Blessing. And nobody's quite sure what happened, but something started in Toronto and it spread all across North America and then down into to Mexico and South America. And thousands of people suddenly became Christians just overnight. Another one that happened in Vancouver in 2010, there were 16 people who started a church. And by 2016, they had baptized, not, not seen other people come in the doors who were already Christians, but they had baptized a thousand people. And, and that was out of a group that first 16, three of them lost their parents the first year that they started that church. A thousand people baptized. And I know a church in our own denomination that not far away from here doubled new baptisms and professions of faith, just doubled all in one year. Boom. Nobody knows why it happened. He looks back at it and says, that hasn't happened since. There was a, just an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in South America, in Venezuela, Mexico, where the, the cartels uh, ran, kind of run rampant, there are more than 3,000 baptisms every day. Every day. Where God, the Holy Spirit, is poured out on people, people pour into the faith. And, and you and I, we are, can be part of that great group. If you can say with all honesty, Jesus, save me, 
as you heard at the end of this lesson. If you can call on the name of the Lord, you say, Jesus is my Savior and Lord, you are part of that great group. I'm part of that great group. Because God loves to gather this incredible group, this great group of people. Let's pray to be part of that, huh? Lord, it's easy to isolate ourselves, to, to keep ourselves away from other people and to, to not see and recognize and experience then the power of the Holy Spirit at work among us. We pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us today. Let us see and know and taste and feel the, the Holy Spirit working among us. Let us know the power of his, his supernatural spirit so that we can be, come alive and be part of your great group as well. We pray for this work through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.